Tanya for the 12th of Shvat's my first story. The Chassidim Nachum Goldschmidt would say, would say the following story. The, he, was, he, he, he would say the following story. There was a, there was a, a Chassid who passed away very young. His name was Chaim Yoina. And he was a, a deep thinker in Chassidus, but he wouldn't talk. He literally wouldn't talk. He would, he would for Breng, and, he'd, and um, Shlomo Chaim Kesselman would say that he would spend hours just standing in his place, thinking deeply before he would prepare any for Brengen. But actually, um, just, uh, talking matters of Chassidus just, you know, to people, he wouldn't do that. He was extremely quiet, and people would try very hard. And this Nachum Goldschmidt said that he tried extremely hard to get to get him to, to open up and talk about Chassidus, but he would never be, he was never able to get anywhere. And one day, one day, this younger Reb Nachum Goldschmidt saw um, Reb Chaim Yoyna walking in the street. He's carrying two very large suitcases, and so he decided maybe this will be his opportunity. So he went over to. Chaim Yoyin, and he told him like this, he said, I'll carry your suitcases wherever you want, but as a reward, you need to talk Hasidus with me for an hour. And Chaim Yoyin, he had no choice. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't schlep around these suitcases. So he agreed to the deal. And for an hour, Chaim Yoyin spoke to to Nachum Goldschmidt, the deepest concepts of Chassidus. First, Nachum, uh, Nachum Goldschmidt realized that um, that this person who, was, who seemed so unassuming was an, was an incredible, deep thinker in Chassidus, but it sounds like it was very enjoyable. And after 16 minutes, not a minute later, Chaim Yoyne stopped and said, the hour is done. I promised that I would give you an hour. I'm done. I'm not talking anymore. And that was it. The conversation was over. So far, we're in the middle of chapter 20. And for a little context of what's going on, we, we spoke about this innate love that we have inside of each one of us. And we explained that the love encompasses a fear as well. And we had these four, four questions. One of them was about the fear, of course. But we had the four questions trying to understand exactly what the substance of this love is. And, and this obviously explains... How, when we say that this matter is very close to us, this love is naturally inside of ourselves. And so all we need to do is reveal it, unpack it, and we explain that when a Jewish person has their life in balance, and they're forced to give up their life for God, that's when this love awakens. But of course, the big problem is, as we started to explain yesterday, that on the day-to-day, day-to-day matters, a person's life isn't in balance, and they don't have to... Lie, lay down their life in order to, um, you know, be dedicated to God. And so obviously the question is, how does one be in touch with this energy? And how does a person fulfill the verse, to do what's needed of the Benini, the service of the Benini, the thought, speech, and action, how is that triggered if the person's life isn't always in the balance and they're going about the life in a regular manner? Therefore, and and... and Thereby, because their life's not in balance, they won't be forced to give up their life from God. So, in order to understand this, we need to understand the relationship that all mitzvahs and all negative commandments have to the core um, commandments of 
giving up one's life or uh, uh, serving God and not serving any idols. And if you could explain the relationship between those, those two mitzvahs, which a person will give up their life to, to all the rest of the mitzvahs, we could explain how a person could kind of weaponize this love and fear in every given scenario throughout the day. So we're talking about Hashem's um, unity. And how everything is nullified to God. That Hashem created the world from something to nothing. Hashem created the world in this particular way. And this way that Hashem used to create the world is not just that Hashem makes it to the world was created originally like this, but every single moment Hashem recreates it that it doesn't go back to nothing how did Hashem go about this? Hashem famously used speech. Hashem um, uh, spoke the words originally, the ten, ten utterances Hashem used to create the world. And Hashem used a speech to continuously create the world. Now, understanding the relationship between Hashem and His speech could, uh, could help us understand the relationship between Hashem and the world. But also explain how nullified the world is to God. Ulamashal. When we speak, how much is that really connected to us? When a human person, when a person speaks something, he says a word. When a person says a word, how much is that compared to the person's power of speech as a whole? A fraction of a fraction. A person says one word. He walks, in, walks into a room and he says, ice cream. Very good. He said one word. Now, how much, when, if you want to measure that against all the power of speech, it's absolutely nothing compared to what he could have said, what he does say, what he has said. Which is only a, a garment compared to his entire articulation of what he's able to express. A person has other modes of articulation in comparison to, to himself. He couldn't hear, he has this power of thought and power of, of action. Supposed to be able to speak endlessly. That one word is entirely nullified. And now compared to actually the thought, there's so much more. In regards to the ice cream, the person has so many ideas that he wants to express through ice cream. And he was told, you have to give a speech one word long. So word ice cream, compared to what he actually means behind it, there's no, there's no comparison. A person has so many deep thoughts, and then the words that he used is so, so um, minuscule compared to what he actually wants to say. Even when a person regularly talks, he has, he has a, a, a speech he wants to say. The speech that he says compared to the, the hours that he spent preparing it, and the, and the decades that he spent understanding that information first. The speech that he gave is a fraction of a fraction. There's no words to describe There's how much of a fraction that thought is from the original speech. Now, what's so amazing is... The actual thought that a person has, the impulses in his brain, those are letters and words too. And those letters and words, compared to the emotion that triggers that person, that triggered that person initially, is also a fraction of a fraction. What we're trying to do really is explain how tiny a word is compared to the person themselves. We're not there yet. There's the word that a person speaks, but then you have the thoughts that trigger those words, then you have the emotions. A person could spend his entire lifetime in, in therapy and, and, and with psychologists trying to 
hyper-analyze why he feels a particular way, why he thinks particular thoughts. And what a person might un- uncover after decades of, of therapy is that uh, the, a, a, a tiny emotion or a, or a, 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 a tremendous flow of emotion will, will create a tiny impulse in his mind and his thoughts. So he's thinking a tiny thing. And that's being triggered by a, a, a tremendous amount of, of emotion. Very, very unpacked emotion, but nonetheless emotion. What means that is that one little impulse in a person's brain is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the actual emotion that drives that. And as we keep going further and, and explaining all, and explaining this, we're going to see that the chasm that separates the person himself from the speech that he utters is, is tremendously large. And obviously, then we're going to then say, well, within God, the, the energy Hashem uses to power the world, which is Hashem's speech, is so, so unrelated to God. It's so distant away from God. It's such a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of God that it's, it pretty much pales entirely insignificant. And the nullification the world has towards God is just makes the world absolutely nothing and seamless, like entirely of no value. Thank you so much for joining us, Tanya. Tanya is Le'il and Nishmas, Shimon of us parents. And for the Jews who were defending the Jewish people, have a wonderful and very successful day, and thank you so much for joining.